Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by my good friend once again, Aram in Toronto. What's up, Aram? Hello, hello. Uh, I gotta say, I'm more like nervous in Toronto. And I'm waiting for this <laughs> finals to start, and uh, the the nerves are building, the anxiety is building. But but I guess uh, I'm I'm. I mean, I'm just excited. I, I think before we get into all the craziness and like, especially when the games start, we'll be like, come on, really losing our minds, yelling at the TV. I think we did this kind of like towards the end of the Dallas series, but just really quickly, man, I just am appreciating this run, like what it means historically and what it means as a fan. And, you know, it never seemed like it was going to happen again. And for this run to be happening Obviously, I really want to win. Like, I really want to win, but I'm also appreciating the journey. And it feels like the the old heads, you know, Steph, Clay, and Dre are really appreciating it too. Like, I was so ready after the Memphis series. I'm like, here we go. Come on, bring it, Draymond. Like, talk, <laughs> like, talk about these young dudes who who you, you know, quote unquote, put in their place, right? And And he had nothing but praise. And I think... You know, it's cool to see them appreciating the journey too. And I think Andre Godala was talking about that, talking to Moody and JK about like appreciating this moment and that in some of those previous finals runs, he said he has like no pictures, no memorabilia. So, you know, I think, you know, I, I'm older as a Warriors fan too. So just trying to, trying to appreciate this and, um, you know, cheering for Looney and when he gets an offensive rebound and, it's kind of like these little little moments, you know? Yeah. Throughout this playoff run, I've talked about how thankful and appreciative. I think in the last episode where I just gave some thoughts on this upcoming final series, I was like, man, I'm just very, very thankful that we get to see this again because you're right. Like after KD tore his Achilles and Clay tore his ACL, it felt like it was over and it felt like such a sudden thing. It was like traumatic for everybody you know everybody who cared about the Warriors and it was, it was a terrible way to shut down Oracle right it was like such a bad mm-hmm. omen and uh you know I, I feel like I feel like at that point it was something that you know we questioned whether or not it would get to this point again that this team would be this good again however I will say you know I will I will say that like one thing that, yeah, as I've done this podcast really, really regularly for the last couple seasons, I mean, we've talked about this, man. We've talked about this. I know you didn't start coming out to the show until last summer, but offline, you know, we've talked yeah. about this, that the whole plan uh, has been in motion, you know, the specifics of all that. Sure. But like we just even looking at last season, it was like, all about this season right? and yeah, that's yeah. that's what it was once clay went down and once you realized kelly Oubre just ain't it brad wanamaker just ain't it alan smile just ain't it <laughs> that we knew that it was like building for the following season and that's this season and there have been bumps in the road but more or less like the end goal of the plan mission is not accomplished goal hasn't been fully reached but to get back to this level uh it has happened it's it's what we wanted and honestly that hope 
you know, we always talk about sports fandom is about hope. Like mm-hmm. that's what helped me like really, really keep going and want to do this. Right. If we go yeah. back to like 1997 and we're rolling that Muggsy, Bimbo, Terry Cummings, whatever, <laughs> then maybe, maybe I'll take a few more nights off. Right. But <laughs> this, the excitement of seeing it build and just seeing anything organically grow, uh, that's what some of the uh, most satisfying parts of this whole experience has been just as a fan and as a, a podcaster covering this, covering this team, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it's also really highlighting and, you know, people have talked about this, but you put it in a historic NBA context, like you and I, you know, our kind of basketball formative years were definitely Lakers run the eighties bulls run in the nineties. Like, this is on par with those, right? Oh, in terms yeah. of like number of finals visits. And it's also the hope too, like you're saying, the hope that, well, this has been a great run and it ain't over yet, right? <laughs> like, nope. You know, like there's lots of hope for the future as well. Like next season, these young dudes only getting better. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. And, you know, we're here to talk about this series, but. But you but know. we can get ahead of ourselves because we were right before, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like even even just like last summer when we were doing all the fun draft stuff, which to this day is still like that was the most fun because we had two lottery picks and yeah. just that's never going to happen probably again. Like the scenario, like having a uh, three Hall of Famers and then getting two more lottery picks after having one lottery pick the year before. On the show, we've talked about I've talked about how like oh, this team is going to be better next year because if you get rid of, if you just take this team as the young guys and say, you know, you take the four young dudes, right? Poole, Wiseman, if he's healthy, Kaminga, Moody, and then you throw in maybe like Looney or Wiggins just as like that kind of, you know, been around vet, but still young. If you throw that onto a, a rebuilding team, you're like, oh, wow, this is a promising team. You throw the fact that they are in the finals with uh, three, maybe four Hall of Famers. And I mean, I've been saying, you know, for a while, like this team will be better. You've said that actually too, because uh, I was like, oh no, this, this is the year. Like we can get this this year. But you've always said like, hey, if it doesn't happen this year, it's actually really about next year, about seeing this this team, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just going to move forward. And we we did the episode last summer where – Right after the draft, it's like who's going to be the best player in a couple of years? Steph in four years, Kaminga. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's that's saying a lot about yeah. this this team. So, you know, it's it's exciting, and the idea that those guys can get rings when they're nineteen, twenty years old, when uh, they have these old heads to to guide them through the process. They have these dudes who've been there and have won things to kind of like you know, calm the nerves down mm-hmm. in this crazy environment. Um, I I love that. And if they win the title, then, I mean, there's going to be so much chatter about, oh, the Warriors next year. Oh, the Warriors, oh, like the next decade, stuff that we've talked about, but it's going to be even more for real. And uh, it's going to, it'll be intense. Like one last thing I'll say is like the interest in this Warriors team that I've seen since I picked up this podcast again at the beginning of the 2020 season. It's crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. crazy because all the spotlights are on them now in the finals. And it's like, 
all over the place. So uh, it's 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 just something to to really just marvel at all the uh, all the eyeballs. Yeah, it's not just Warriors fans or Dub Nation. It's like it's the NBA, you know, is thriving because of this, right? Because yeah. of the interest that you know, just my neighbors, right? Like they're talking about it, right? <laughs> like what yeah, do they like, care? Andrew but, Wiggins is the real yeah, deal. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, like if you know, you need stars. And yeah. and these these guys have been on at the forefront for so long, um, and so charismatic that this is gonna be this is gonna be a really fun final. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Let's get it started. Okay, you we've mentioned the nerves a few times. Um, I've been I've been you know since the Dallas series ended, and then also the Boston um, Boston Miami series, which and and then also just want to re- remember that at the in our playoff preview, you did you did call the Warriors uh, would make it to the finals, and. You know, to be honest, I thought it was a little bit of a homer take, Patrick, but uh, but you were right because uh, <laughs> I didn't think they were going to get out of the Western Conference Finals. Um, but you 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 had faith, you had hope, you had all of those things. But now that we're here, and then once we knew the Celtics uh, were going to be the opponent, you know, I have been so torn because on the one hand, you know, looking at Celtics personnel. Um, and how they match up, seeing some of the games over this year and previous years, I'm like, oh, I'm really worried. And that's my natural like disposition as a Warriors fan <laughs> is to worry, right? And then at the same time, it was like watching uh watching Miami come back and almost win that game seven with yeah. nobody except Jimmy Butler, you know, and a couple of, you know, shots here and there by Struess or you should have taken the two, Jimmy Butler. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but and then and then I see that and I'm like, we ain't losing to these guys, right? <laughs> so so where on that crazy manic spectrum are you falling? Are you extremely confident? Are you extremely worried? Where are you at? I'm extremely measured, to be honest. I I don't know what to expect. You know, like yeah. I put out an episode where I just had some thoughts on this upcoming series and all the predictions that I've seen since it's just all across the board, right? Like yeah. there was this thing that I saw on Twitter and that I posted about as well. It's like uh, ESPN's power index says the Celtics have an 86% chance to win, right? I don't know how they calculate that, but then I go on ESPN and like their uh, sports writers, their basketball writers, 15 to five that the Warriors are going to win. Right. So it's (laughs) like, Oh, I've never seen anything. So kind of disparate. And then the Warriors are favored in Vegas, but then, I mean, so many people, so many experts pick the Celtics and it's a lot of it, I think is because a couple things for one, these two teams are so different from when they actually played during the regular season. Yeah. Right. Like uh, guys were out in, uh, like last November, December, when the Warriors played in Boston, and then the game in San Francisco, Steph got hurt. Jordan Poole wasn't the Jordan Poole we have now. Draymond was just getting back, and he was out of rhythm. Mm-hmm. And Clay was still, you know, inconsistent as hell. And then it's also like I feel like the team's fan bases 
<laughs> have never watched the other team. <laughs> so they're just going <laughs> off of like what the other people are saying or like random stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, I saw, I saw Jason Tatum play once. He sucks. You know? And like, I, I feel like that's what people say. Or like, oh yeah, the Warriors, they're soft. It's, it's like, they don't know the other team at all. So you just get this banter that just fills the airwaves of nonsense. So for me, like, I really don't know what to expect. I really question, or I just don't know, is Jason Tatum that good? I know he's a great player, but is he that yeah. guy yeah. who's going yeah. to like just kill it at the end of the game? Is he the guy who's going to get swatted like he did in the bubble by, I believe it was Bam Adebayo at the end of the game and uh, uh, at the rim on a dunk? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So is he that guy or is he going to like take a level up? Is he going to be as dependable and as uh, worrisome as – LeBron as Kawhi as even when we played Kyrie in the finals or even recently is do you worry about him as much as you worry about Ja Morant or Luka Doncic no so so, yeah so I mean here's my thing right like in in this run through the the west we've played I think arguably people as good if not better than him right in terms of your kind of number one team obviously you know Tatum made the first team uh, all NBA but like you know, if I'm to rank him amongst uh, Jokic, Ja, and Luca, like I'd probably put him third or fourth in that, and like Jokic and Luca would be first, and kind of like a pick 'em between Ja and Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, but my the thing that, it, but I mean, Tatum's great, and he's played great um, all all year. But in terms of somebody who scares me in the last two minutes, like oh my god, like Ja Morant. You know, like he could get oh, scared, a, he, scared the crap out of him. Yeah, right. Um, but I think what's uh, the biggest worry, though, is in that run. Um, I would say Jalen Brown is probably the best number two yes. out of out of the run that we've had. You know, who's the best? Well, Jokic had nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaw had a good uh, supporting cast, but you know, kind of a level below Jalen Brown. Sorry. Uh, you know, so and Luca, you know, who would be the number two? Like Jalen Brunson, who we love his post game, but uh, you know, uh, I'd say Jalen Brown is better. So, you know, I think that's one of the things. The Celtics are going to try to take Curry out, and mm-hmm. the Warriors going to try to take Tatum out. So, who is going to be your best number two, right? And, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think Jalen Brown is Kyrie Irving. I don't even think I don't. I mean, if you remember twenty nineteen, like that kind of like combo of Siakam and Lowry just like killed yeah. us. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if he's on par with that, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess we'll see, you know, what is, what is the matchup? Can the Warriors win that? Is clay going to be better? Is it going to be pool? Is it going to be Wiggins? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Warriors have some good options in terms of who is going to be their number, number two best player. Right. Right. Um, right. And I guess, you know, obviously you have to put Draymond in there as well um, in terms of the kind of like, the game as a whole, he won't be their best second best offensive player, obviously. But um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's kind of my, my biggest worry. I mean, again, but still I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confident. It's like, well, he's no Kyrie and he's not these other dudes, but, but he's still damn good. Um, the other things that, that really worry me is, um, you know, I mean, Mark smart is defensive player of the year and yep. he's super disruptive, super physical, um, you, we all know what Draymond does for our team and that's what he does for them. So, um, that's a problem. Their size and their rim protection 
you know, we saw the difference in the Dallas series versus the Memphis series. Like so many more attempts at the rim, so many more baskets at the rim, just easy against the Mavericks. And it's just not going to be easy though. You know, we'll see how Robert Williams looks. I think uh, he's the only one that's listed as questionable. So Mm -hmm. he's a bit banged up. And like you said, in your last episode, it's like, yeah, meniscus. Like it doesn't seem like an easy (laughs) thing to come back from. I am surprised he's playing. Um, And then also like their defense is better than anybody we've played. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like the jaw, jaw Morant less grizzly, like mm-hmm. their defense was incredible. And this is probably, you know, arguably just as good, maybe better. Yeah. It, it's um, on the Robert Williams thing, man. I'm like, you know, the meniscus, I, I hope he, he's not ruining his career. Know, because right? Regardless of like, you know, the different types of tears, it's like that just seems like a short time from any kind yeah. of surgery like that, right? Where it's like, I don't know if he had it shaved or if he, you know, had it sewn together or whatever we know happens because we've read so much about James Wiseman's name. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, like if he if he can't go and or if he's limited, it's like it's funny because I know that he's about the same size as Looney, and Looney is has a lot has had a lot of injuries. But then it's like, oh, okay, well. We'll uh, we'll spot you a guy with a busted meniscus, you know, <laughs> so that evens the playing field. Yeah, again, like there are all these parts that that uh, that worry me as well. But it's it's just a question of like, is it is it enough from the Celtics? Like, are they are they better than the Grizzlies? Plain and simple, are they? I don't know. I really don't. I think, you know, we know how hard that was the most worrisome, the toughest uh, uh, matchup and series for the Warriors thus far. And it could be a question. Like somebody commented on on uh, the YouTube channel and on the last episode and it was just saying like, you know, Warriors in five. I think uh, Tatum is overrated. I think, you know, et cetera, the Warriors should have swept the other two teams so it's 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 a little like you know very like oh the Warriors should do this but there is the sentiment like this Warriors team as as we knew from the very beginning of the playoffs no one had seen them and then they uh showed Denver what they could do they they beat Memphis they beat Dallas but it's like there's a lot of tape on the Warriors now relatively speaking and there is Brad Stevens is still general manager. You know, I don't know if he gives input or whatever, but they got some smart guys over there and yeah. some smart players. And they're not just totally young. They have a good mix of young and, and old. And they've been in big games for the most part. So in, in terms of Jalen Brown being like a great number two, he's he's a great player. I would love to have him on the Warriors. But again, I don't fear him just yet. This is the series where they teach people like me to fear them if they can. Yep. You know, the, where yep. they put their stamp on things, where they're like, no, um, we're taking this title. We're, we're going to beat you guys and you cannot stop us. So, uh, but I agree. Like uh, the Toronto series, Siakam, Kyle Lowry, I would take them back then over Jalen Brown right now, especially Siakam back then. But then again, the Warriors, yep. the Warriors are not, I mean, it's debatable. Like if, are they better than they were? In that series, uh, they're deeper. <laughs> they're deeper. Yeah. You would definitely take your 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 depth pieces on this roster versus yeah. that, but 
Although 2019 clay was pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's tough. It's a good, it's a good point. It's like, this is, this is Tatum and Brown's opportunity to make themselves be feared. Right. Like uh, they didn't really show it to be honest. In their yeah, they weren't scary in, against Miami. <laughs> well, they kept, they just kept, you know, you, you would look up and you're like, yeah, Boston should win this. They're ahead or something like that. And then they would just like kick games away, you know, and like we're no strangers to that either. But um, but, you know, are they are they ready for this? Are they going to be, yeah, become those feared players? I don't know. I mean, I, that's the intrigue of this. Um, I sure my, as hell hope not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you save it for an accident. This is this is where you learn the hard lessons. You know what I mean? Because the finals are different. We understand that. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess my my last like worry, and it's it's kind of like there's been a lot of like legacy talk, and you know, with a team that has had such an extended run, I mean, you're gonna get that that you know people are trying to organize it in in you know put it in in perspective historically but you know the irony of that is that you're trying to put it in historic historical perspective uh with hot take you know so it's kind of uh uh, it's hard to say and and and, you know i'll add my own knee-jerk thing to this is that um legacy wise my my worry is that this is like you remember when the lakers played the bulls in in the first uh yep in the first one that the bulls won yeah. And it was like, you know, the Lakers had been on their run and then they're kind of like cooked at the end. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to happen. Right? Like we're not done. And, you know, not that I think that any of, uh, you know, our, our core vets are going to uh, retire in the next year or something like that. But, but I'm like, man, I'm no, well. please, please, please. No, don't let this be like that, that last uh, Magic Johnson finals, you know, um, because I mean, but it's, but it's it's weird because he was what he was 31 in that finals right and yeah Steph was 34 <laughs> but it wasn't about magic playing badly right like it was just that's the true. rest of the team wasn't that that's good true. and yeah you had michael jordan ascending <laughs> and i don't think this is that at all because we don't have a bunch of old dudes you know i mean we do but like it's not just solely <laughs> them yeah. and i don't think that they are at the end of their powers you know it really like I, I want this series as much uh, as anyone, as much as you, but like, and I know this will change once the, uh, the, the games start, but like, there's a part of me and I alluded to this in the last episode, there's a part of me that's like, okay, the, the Warriors outside of James Wiseman, if they get Gary Payton, the second, he's tracking to be available soon, Andre Porter Jr. Then you have more or less a healthy Warriors team, right? Mm-hmm. Steph, had like a month off. Draymond had this three month break where he was rehabbing like, and it's some weird back issue, but still, yeah, he saved his legs, I guess. And then, you know, clay maybe rounding into form a little bit. So they've gotten into the rhythm, right? It was all about like getting into the rhythm during the playoffs and the early rounds. And if this healthy warriors team, if they don't just screw up, like, tons of turnovers, 25 turnovers a game or something, and they just don't crap the bed or whatever. If they just get beat, then it props to the Celtics for beating uh, yeah. a healthy Warriors team. Yeah. That just shows me that the Warriors, you know, that the Celtics team I underestimated. Like, you know, that's kind of how I'm going at it. 
once the 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 ball goes up, I'm gonna be like, screw the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Honestly, right, like like for for the two losses in the finals, it's it's the 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 pain of like you know for for any team that's had an injured player uh, in the playoffs and have something be so critical like in 2016. Draymond getting suspended, yeah. uh, Steph not being 100%, Bogut being out, Andre having a bad back, and so he had to lay it up, and LeBron blocked it, uh, or then KD and Clay being out in 2019. So, like, that's what hurts the most because, like, uh, only if. So right now, only if, as long as no one gets hurt, that won't come into play. If we get beat, then we get beat. That's that's all you could ask for. Yeah. And, um, you know, <laughs> who knows? If we're getting beat, though, I might be like – I probably already have said during the playoffs, only if we had Wiseman. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely had those visions in my head, you know, those little little lobs, you know, an easy eight points a game, you know. But uh, no, you're right. I mean, it's uh, it's it's important to to remember, like these dudes are tough to beat, and if you beat them, these like these three dudes, Steph, Clay, and Dre, like they are like legendary uh, competitors. Like who's beaten them when they've been healthy? Like that's a pretty short list, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, so and you get beat, you get beat. And you know, we've said over the years, every time that I've we've talked about any games with stakes, it's like if you have if you have Steph, you have a chance. You have Draymond, you have a chance. Uh, you have Clay, you have a chance. And obviously, with the three of them, it's a lot better than a chance. And that's why they're here. So, so yeah, I mean, it's just a celebration of that too. Uh, I'm curious what you think. I mean, you know, you talked a little bit already about like the depth pieces, the health, like those are kind of like givens. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I'm wondering what is, what do you think uh, as opposed to the biggest worries, like what is the biggest advantage and what do you think, what are a couple of things that you think need to happen? Uh, I think I, I've seen people toss this aside is not that important, but I, I do think experience is a factor. Mm-hmm. I think experience because, even though there's some vets on the Celtics, like this is the the big stage, you know, this isn't the bubble. Uh, they're not the conference finals in the bubble or something. And I think that the Warriors vets knowing what it takes, it's not just like them appreciating being there, but it's like they have it in front of them. They're not trying to get through a couple more teams to get to the finals anymore. They are there, right? This is what they've wanted. And I think that there's an extra gear more or less, at least mentally that they have to really just say like, we're here. This is what we've been dreaming of since 2019. Uh, We're going to take care of business. I think that's a big part of it. I think putting up with the hype, the the bright lights, right? As you're saying, there's two days between each game, except games three and four, there's one, one day off. Like those are days where the chatter can get to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a young player, as someone who's never been on the stage. And I think those things are important. And they can impart more or less, hopefully, some of this to the younger guys, right? Like, uh, yeah, I always talk about health and seating and having the new guys and the younger guys acclimated to the to the bright lights. And those are the, the keys throughout the season I always talked about. And we've talked about health uh seating <laughs> sure as hell helped when there were no more uh mm-hmm. one one or two seeds in the west right now we have home court but now it's like the young guys seem like they're ready for the bright lights but nothing can really emulate being in the finals from what i've heard 
except like having these guys telling you, right? Like you can experience it, you can have jitters, but I think that's a massive, massive thing. And people who toss it aside, it's like, sure, maybe, maybe not. But I think the Warriors have those intangibles, right? That could push them, push them, uh, uh, give them a little bit more. And if that experience wins you an extra game mm-hmm. or two, like that's everything, right? Yeah, like that's, huge. that's, that's a huge advantage. So no, yeah. I, I'm, I'm there with you too. It's just like, um, it's a, it's just a different beast. Right. And, you know, I, I think some, some of the journalists have mentioned that and that like covering a finals is different. So playing in a finals is completely different in terms of how you prep and, you know, the exposure you have and all those kinds of things. I mean, you know, talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but, you know, I think we do have some good options for our number two best player, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, outside of what we kind of expect uh, from Steph, Clay, and Dre, um, I think what needs to happen is is the just the continued consistency of Wiggins, you know. I mean, he didn't mm-hmm. shoot that well in the in the Dallas series. He didn't shoot that well from three. I think part of that was really pulled down. He had that zero for seven game. But um, but if he can get back to just being consistent, two way wigs, and I'm confident he's going to play great defense. Um, he's going to be active. It's it's incredible to see his transformation. Um, and then mm-hmm. and then just some consistency from Poole. You know, yeah. we've seen every series he kind of gets out really fast. And then he kind of gets shut down. And so maybe he doesn't have to get out so fast, but just be that consistent, like that consistent force off the bench. And uh, I think it's completely possible, completely possible. And, and, you know, so it's not like, it's not like some, some magic, uh, magic swing that has to happen though. um, You know, these high stakes games, you're always going to need a little bit of magic. So we get another, uh, some loony loony magic that would be great too <laughs> but yeah. i'm not counting on it you know yeah yeah i mean with pool i will take the fast start right i will t- definitely <laughs> take that because you know like just with any series that you start at home i mean you want those first two you gotta get those oh, first yeah. two right like yeah that that um and uh, that changes everything right like i'll have more to say about this when we talk predictions but it's just like your advantage is if it's this experience and like maybe the other some guys on the other team being a little bit more like shocked by the 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 grandeur of it all then it behooves you to just jump on them right away Mm -hmm. and smack them in the mouth and really just be like because you know another thing in general to me it's like the mental exercises, right? It's like sowing that doubt in their minds. Like these are the Golden State Warriors, right? And that's why, like playing like a team like the Suns would have been relatively comfortable for me because you got Chris Paul, you have Javale McGee, people who know what this is about. That's why the Memphis Grizzlies were so scary because they didn't they didn't give a damn, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it showed in the way they carried themselves and the way they played and the way they fought. Other teams, you could see like it would get to them, right? It, it when I was reading stuff from Dallas media, you could hear it from from them. You could hear it in different podcasters' voices. You could hear it. Like, you could read it in, in some of the writing. Like these are the Warriors; they're just better. And I don't think it was like given up, but like there is that 
attitude. And I think like if there's any of that in the Celtics minds, uh, it behooves you to take advantage of that and just jump on them right yeah. away, you know, yeah, for sure. Are you ready for the NBA chance to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? With a DraftKings Same Game Parlay, you can do just that. This NBA season, a customer placed a $5 Same Game Parlay and won over $5,000. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total made threes, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Well, so what's your prediction? Well, I said in the last episode, Warriors in six, which would require the Warriors to win the final game in Boston. Yeah. And it's funny to me, if I could just say like making predictions on a series and then like, you know, in which game it's, it's kind of a funny thing, right? Because like, if you see two teams that are pretty evenly matched, you'll just say like, you know, team X in seven. Yeah. If you see a team that's a little bit better, you'll say, Oh, team X in six. If you see a team that's like, Clearly better, you'll be like, oh, sweep or in five. But I think a lot of people don't take into account the 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 rhythms and the tempos of a series. And you know, like if you say Warriors in six, you, you think about how that plays out, right? Because which two games are the Celtics going to win if you think the Warriors in mm-hmm. six? Are they gonna are the Warriors gonna win the first two and then the Celtics are gonna take the second two? Are the Celtics gonna take one in San Francisco and the Warriors are going to have to take, you know what I mean? Like, so, and then you realize like the rhythms are completely different from uh, uh, other series because at, at that point, if, cause if the Warriors take two, then, and then they take, uh, say it follows the Dallas rhythm and then they take one in Dallas, then it's three, one. And then <laughs> I'm assuming that the Celtics will beat the Warriors in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this pressure game that the Warriors are going to have to st- take in Boston. So it's kind of random, but like when you think about it really in depth, it's like, oh, what am I actually predicting here? You know? But yeah, I'll say, I'll say six. I'll say six. Yeah. Okay. On my, on my notes, I left it blank because I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Because I think about all those like, you know, different path pathways, right? And like, mm-hmm. well, what if they lose game two? It's okay. They lost game two before. It's okay. You know? Um I I, I think they definitely have to win game one uh at home. Uh they have to I, I would love an undefeated home season because obviously that means they would win. Um but and I want a nice tidy uh five game series, Warriors and five. I'm not predicting that. I think it's gonna be I think it's going to be akin to that Memphis series, like just like six hard fought games. I say Warriors and six um, mm-hmm. or Warriors and seven. I, man, I don't know. I mean, again, overconfidence, like, okay, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, too superstitious. Well, so you also say Warriors and six, just off the top of your head. Like, how do you think? 
let's let's talk about the 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 first five games. Like, how do you think it's going to play out? Um, because it's going to be stressful. A six a six win a six uh, game uh, series win is going to be stressful. Like, I think yeah. that's the big difference that people yeah. don't realize. Like, because there's going to be some uncertainty uh, along the way for sure. You know. Well, there's that stat. I think it's like the Warriors have played in X amount of series where they've won a road game, and I don't see yeah. that stopping. So I think they're going to split in San Francisco. I don't like that, but I think they'll split in Boston, and then the Warriors win the last two. Whew, that you, you picked the the most stressful type of. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't like it, but I think that's yeah. real. Outside of the Warriors going down. Uh, O2, like that's that's the worst case scenario for me. Yeah. Um oh, especially uh, if they go down two one. Oh god going back to yeah. Boston game four. Oh then it's like the old Memphis series. Yeah, I think the Celtics could take the second game. Hopefully. I mean, I again like it really we're gonna learn a lot more uh compared to other series and just the rest of this regular season. I feel like there's so many unknowns. So game one is going to tell us a lot. It's yeah. really, really going to tell us a lot. If all of a sudden the Celtics can stop a lot of the stuff that the Warriors like to do, then we're in trouble, right? Yeah. And yep. dream scenario, you you, you said the uh, worst case scenario outside of going down 0-2 for me would be like, okay, the Warriors take the first two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then they uh, take one in Boston to go up uh, 3-1. And then they... Lose an SF. Ooh, that would just create such a no, such a storm. I know that's why I know that's why storm. I want that game five. Win at home. Come on. Yeah. yeah so I don't know. Can, can the Warriors just like, you know, give up home court advantage and then split? <laughs> can they just start this in Boston? I feel more comfortable starting in Boston. <laughs> and then winning in six. Yeah. Um, but I will I will stick with with uh Warriors in in six. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I, I'm definitely like anxious about yeah. this one, you know. Yep. Uh, yep. And uh, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm gonna be. I was like, oh, should I? Should I live stream on YouTube like watching these games? <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I might, but I just tend to rewind a lot, so I'll be totally yeah. like behind and, yeah. and all this other stuff. So it'll be nice to start because then you know we can get, you know, we can vent some of these emotions out because you have a game to watch, but um, there's been a lot of like chatter as there usually is on, on about the Warriors and we don't need to get too much into it. If you want to follow that, go check out Warriors Twitter. But yeah, one thing I thought was, uh, was kind of interesting is how, uh, how much, uh, you know, Draymond before the Miami Boston series was over, he, he predicted that it was going to be Boston. Right. And, and he was right. You know, I know Miami was all, uh, upset about that helped you win another game in your series um if if you hear them tell it as motivation but uh you know it's interesting this whole like you know broke the code uh uh phrase has become part of uh the playoff like discourse you know mm-hmm. and 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 it's funny because it, and and to the point where you know memphis did a lot of trolling after it um and i think it was udonis haslam you know doing it as well and it's kind of like is i mean maybe i'm a total homer well obviously but isn't it kind of odd that they 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 
are they trolling because they don't believe there actually is a code or did they just like the phrasing or like what's going on? Because I, uh, you know, it seems to be something that people are using like pejoratively or like sarcastically. And it's yeah. like, you know, when Kerr was saying that he was protecting his player, you know, regardless of if, you know, GP two says like, Oh, we're all good with Dylan Brooks. It's just like, it was a dirty play. And there is something to be said about like, not, ending a dude you know yeah so what's up with this <laughs> it, it, it's also because there is that <laughs> the, the the five fingers of death jordan pool uh squeezing john morant's knee right and so everybody's yeah. like oh broke the code broke the code yeah so you know they're just I, i'm sure people who don't like the warriors or are competing against the warriors in the playoff series they look at Steve Kerr maybe and have a certain idea of who he is and what he represents and you know saying stuff like that it's like they they throw back a lot of from what i've gathered at that time a lot of like well you know you guys have one of the dirtiest players in the league you know Draymond who isn't really dirty he's yeah. just if you're he's kind of frustrating if you're an opponent right yeah. he's kind of annoying if you're a fan of another team uh, and he has a long leash. That's it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. that's, I would be aggravated by that too. But honestly, like Draymond's not dirty. He's not cheap, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think these are people who don't watch him who just read yep. like, oh, he kicked Steven Adams in the 2016 playoffs, which, you know, if you go back and watch, honestly, I always thought those were like regular basketball plays. Like he didn't mm -hmm. flail or like pull a, Chris Paul to that guy um, on Pe the Pelicans in the first mm -hmm. round, he kicked him. Mm -hmm. um, nothing like that. So I, I think a lot of it is just they're trying to point out hypocrisy and it is very much just, you know, fan banter back and forth because they say Dylan Brooks isn't a dirty player. And to me, I think he is. But I say Draymond isn't. I don't watch Dylan Brooks every game. He yep. just seems like annoying and he has that corny scowl. And <laughs> Uh, does silly stuff, right? If he's on your team, you probably like him. So I think a lot of it is just just that. And then did Kerr actually use that phrase when Marcus Smart injured Steph? No. I, I know he called it no. dirty. I don't know if he said broke the code. No, no, no. He didn't. He didn't say it yeah. then. And uh I th I think he I think he said it was a dangerous play. He didn't he didn't say it was a, a dirty play. Yeah. It, it was something so, it was something akin to that. And yeah. it was dangerous because like <laughs> Right, broken right. a dude an dude's ankle you know but it was a basketball play so right because there's a lot of stuff when there's a loose ball you, you saw this in the memphis series when desmond bain <laughs> lost the ball and dove it weirdly dove at jordan mm -hmm. Poole's legs you see a lot of people it's like a football fumble right like that's how they're trained to do it it seems like in in the nba or growing up or whatever it's like loose ball you try to put your body between the guy and the ball and mm -hmm. that's kind of when you look at the marcus smart thing uh it's not as clear sometimes but you know he did that and he landed on steph's ankle and uh, uh his foot and here we are right like at the end of the day that helped steph get some rest possibly yeah yeah <laughs> you know and the seating didn't matter in the yep. end so yep. you know they're so we're uh, good we're good there we are you know so uh, thanks, Marcus Smart. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm curious too. I mean, aside from your predictions, um, is there anything that you want to happen? So, you know, I was thinking about this because, um, you know, I've been pretty excited about this and like 
telling my wife like oh they're back and you know like this is gonna i really want them to win this is gonna cement steph's legacy and he needs to win a finals mvp and you know i'm participating in that complete like ridiculous mm -hmm. discourse but you gotta um, embrace that stuff man but i want that's absolutely what i want to happen i want it to be like indisputable these dudes are uh amongst the best teams of all time this guy is top 10 in history um and just like just stop all the nonsense i mean my wife was like those people are always gonna say that and she's mm -hmm. probably right so regardless of what happens that ridiculous chatter will always be around but oh yeah but one can hope one can one again as fans we can hope that it would stop mm -hmm. yeah i mean what like what do i want to see i want to see a win you know it's funny on that espn writers basketball writers list of predictions I didn't look at them all, uh, but I did notice that Bobby Marks said Warriors in five, Clay Thompson, finals MVP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, I think he was just like, screw it. I'm just going to say this, you know, uh, but it'd be a hell of a story. I would that, love sure. that. I would, I would love either Clay or Steph getting finals MVP, obviously for different reasons. Obviously, like if one of them gets it, I would be like, ah, I wish the other person kind of got it. But like, <laughs> um, you know, obviously the, the chatter about Steph, not being finals MVP, never getting that uh, is so silly, but that would be kind of a nice little like, okay, and end that for now. And then, um, but like Clay, because we've talked about, we did that whole episode reliving uh, the, the 2019 finals. And at the time I thought, and it was totally feasible that the way Clay was playing game six against the Raptors, that if he brought them back and had just as good of a game in game mm -hmm. seven, that he could have been finals MVP. Absolutely. And so for him to come back and then do that, and not only just like just Clay getting the finals MVP, because what that would actually have to entail, that would have to entail him like playing amazingly well for at least three games mm -hmm. and being just like game six Clay for three games. Yeah. So to me, that would be extremely special. Not just like him getting it as if they didn't really know who to give it to. And so let's give it to Clay, you know, but like mm -hmm. him really, really earning it and seeing those highlights and seeing those performances, I think uh, would be amazing. And then Steph outright getting it uh, would be, would be great too. I'll take any warrior you know, <laughs> finals MVP at this point. If it's uh, Looney, Poole, Moses Moody, finals Moses MVP. Moody. Yeah. <laughs> JTA, JTA finals MVP would would be like <laughs> that'd be a whole story, improbable story. Um, you know, one thing that I forgot to mention in the episode I did before this was, you know, my my keys I, I talked about were basically like, you know, like. Uh, the Warriors actually being healthy for once. And if, if they get beat, then they get beat, but at least they are healthy, which is unheard of. And they're healthy in the sense that like, Oh, there's no, for the most part, nagging injuries, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you look at like uh, the old Larry Bird Celtics, there's no like, you know, Draymond laying on the ground with a bad back or a lingering 
uh, joint issues right now. So there, there's that. And then like the turnovers that we all know about throwing the ball all over the place. But the thing that I forgot to mention, which was another key, and this was a reason why I wanted to play Miami, uh, was because I knew that Steph would be the best player on the court. Yep. No question. You know, he's yep. so much better and impactful than Jimmy Butler. And I said that for this series, it would be a question mark for me, right? Like Steph has not, for the most part, been MVP Steph, right? Mm -hmm. And again, I don't watch Tatum that much, but all the chatter, all the hype, some of his performances, some of his shooting, you can make the argument that he would be the best player. So like for me, if the Warriors limit their turnovers to like under 15, uh, closer to 10, and they stay relatively healthy, and Steph is clearly the best player of the series, then that's a series the Warriors are going to win. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> and, you know, now that I mentioned like the Larry Bird Celtics, it's like everybody talks about this Warriors team kind of emulating the Spurs. Uh, and, and I agree with that. I've, I've talked about that a ton. And we've discussed who's going to be like the, the bridge piece and et cetera. But, you know, the late 80s Celtics, man, like this is similar, right? Because whereas the Spurs, they stunk for a year and then they ended up with the number one pick in Tim Duncan, the Celtics, they were at the peak of their powers. And because of a trade, I forgot what it was, to be honest, they ended up with Len Bias mm -hmm. and that tragic story, right? Mm -hmm. So they were reloading with a guy who people talked about in the same breath as Michael Jordan in college. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. So, you know, they reloaded with him and then, you know, he passed away and then they got Reggie Lewis, who was, you know, not like a Hall of Famer type. I don't think he could have been. I'm, I'm not sure how he would attract, but he he passes away. So like not to bring up these sad tragedies, but like the Celtics were still at the peak at that time and they were reloading a team that was already a title contender and that's what this kind of feels like. So maybe a hybrid between the, the Celtics that never were in the mm -hmm. late 80s, mm -hmm. early 90s, or 90s in general, to um, a hybrid between them and uh, the Spurs 20-year era. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point. I never thought about that. Um, I mean, I think I think the Warriors in this run, you know, I think they're better than the Spurs. You know, the, the longevity is maybe not as long yet, right? Because you're talking about Duncan from, what was it, 90, 99 until, you know, 20, when did they win their last one? You know, um, oh. that was a long run. Uh, and we should only be so lucky. But um, but just like the concentration of success for mm -hmm. the Warriors has been, I, I think they're better than the Spurs. So, um, oh, yeah, I do too. If you, if you yeah. just look at like, uh, if you put Steph and Tim Duncan as like a wash, um, I'll take Clay and Draymond over <laughs> Manu and uh, certainly Draymond. more dominant as a team over this yeah. run than the Spurs were. So um, I don't know, man. It's it's going to be exciting to watch. It's going to be exciting to watch and very nerve wracking and hard to sleep afterwards. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, like I said earlier. I'm I'm a little anxious. I'm excited. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what's what's going to happen. There is a part of me that like uh, before I started doing this podcast, you know, me that sometimes I would get superstitious and not watch 
games and when we didn't watch we won like (laughs) to be honest i didn't watch uh the game six clay game against the uh thunder in 2016 i caught those highlights afterwards i caught like a replay of the game because i was just riding on this is a superstition i've had since i was a kid right in the 80s and everything and then you forget about it and then when actually your team it matters you're like oh you just fall back on those superstitions <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then i watched game seven of the 2016 finals and we lost I so i was like never again i remember <laughs> never you again. talking about this now yep <laughs> and then i watched the the 2019 anyway whatever you know it's just stupid stupid uh superstitious fan stuff but there's a part of me that like when i haven't been able to watch the games from the outset and a couple of these playoff games I've had to jump in late and catch up because whatever I'm just like oh out of sight out of mind <laughs> so much more <laughs> relaxed <laughs> but you know yeah. we'll see we'll see how it goes I'm sure uh uh I'm sure it'll be interesting I'm sure we'll be texting back and forth and uh if you ever want to you know you feel strongly post game I know the games are late or, you know, even on like a two-day break between games, if there's something you feel passionately you want to talk about, come on the show. If, if we're toasting a, uh, a, a finals victory and a JTA uh, finals MVP, <laughs> I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely going to be on this. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Always good to have you. Thank you. Let's go Warriors. All right. Well, that has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O. You can also find Aram at Aram Collier, A-R-A-M-C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check out our website, oaklandwarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely appreciated and helpful. Thanks for tuning in. Go Dubs. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. Go Dubs.